Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 11, bonus episode 3. This is Writing Excuses. Some books have maps in the front. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And I couldn't think of a better title. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have three wonderful, beautiful guests with us today. Uh, Maurice Broadus, James Sutter, and Mer Lafferty. And we have also this vast, um, wonderful live audience. We're here at Gen Con. We're here at the the Gen Con Con, uh, Writers' Symposium, uh, which... Uh, I just need to plug and say this is awesome. Yes. Uh, you know, I've I've met I've met more of my favorite writers here than I think at any other any other event I've been to. It's wonderful. yeah. I last year was my first year, and it instantly became my favorite writing track uh, of any con that I that I go to. But enough with the commercial. Let's Whatever. talk about our guests. So we've each of you take uh, you know a few seconds and uh, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Maurice Broadus. I am an urban fantasy writer. At least I was for the Knights of Breton Court trilogy. Um, I'm also apparently a steampunk author since I, I have a, a steampunk novella coming out in March called A Buffalo Soldier and uh, All Points in Between. Okay. I'm James Sutter. I am uh, one of the co-creators of the Pathfinder role-playing game and the creative director of the forthcoming Starfinder role-playing game. I've also written couple of novels, Death's Heretic and the Redemption Engine, and I write for comics, video games, games, all sorts of stuff. My name is Mer Lafferty, and I've been podcasting longer than these two guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. Nope, it's sick. true. That, that sick burn sticks. Yeah. Yeah, the headband is sick. to keep the mic from dropping. That's like. right. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I do a podcast, and I also write, and my new book, Six Weeks, is coming out in January. Awesome. So we, uh, we got these three fine folks together, and we said, what are you really excited about? What do you want to talk about? And they said, maps. It was actually Murr who said, let's talk about maps. So I'm going to throw this at you and say, sure. why do you want to talk about maps? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because before this, uh, James and I were sitting in the green room, and uh, we were talking about maps in the front of books. And I said, I have a problem. My, my weakness in writing is description and the idea of actually creating a fantasy world with my own created city scares the heck out of me. And I was thinking, you know, we were talking about how do you contact, how do you talk to an artist? How much information do you give them? And that kind of thing. And so it was on my mind when we came in. So the whole, uh, the idea of giving an artist, talking with an artist to talk about Building a city or building a world is suddenly very attractive to me. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk about this because it, it suddenly, when she suggested it, occurred to Howard and I that we'd never really talked about maps on the podcast in the eight years we've been doing this. So now we have a chance to talk about maps. Um, 
Well, you know, we could talk about, you know, we were talking in the green room about, uh, you know, how you, if you're a pro author who's going to come out with some fantasy novel and you want to hire a professional cartographer to make a map for you, or if in the case of, you know, I've done a bajillion map orders for game products, you know, um, adventures and setting books and whatnot. But we could also talk about how you draw a believable map um, for your fantasy world uh, in order to give that to the cartographer because they're going to work with whatever you have. Let's start with the very first step. How do you know that your book needs a map? Or is it just because you want a map? So, doggone, let's put one in there. Yeah. Well, for me, for like my most recent project, while they were in the green room, I was apparently in a bar. I don't know what you <laughs> yeah, guys were, yeah. were doing. You uh, win. Right. Yeah. Um, and you should so, have texted. <laughs> yeah. Know, right? Um, and so, but for like my most recent project, because I, I, I am doing a steampunk novel, and I, I have the worst sense of direction. So I will lose myself in my own world. I'll lose myself walking from here to, to the convention center. So, you know, I have a terrible sense of direction. So for me, it's important that I do, you know, start with a map. A map is a, like the first part of my world building in any given exercise. So, One of the things that I've found is that anytime I'm blocking a portion of the story where timing is important, mm-hmm. I have to know if it's possible for them to get to point A to point, from point A to point B in that time. And uh, there have been about a million movies filmed in New York City where there's a chase scene and you realize, oh, those two things don't actually connect. That's, uh, you you can't get from here to there. I used to be a big fan of 24 (laughs) until I went to California (laughs) and realized that I couldn't get from the airport to my hotel in the first commercial break. There was no way you could get around that city. You can't get there in 24 hours. Right. The whole thing is broken. (laughs) And and so, uh, well, and, and there's the... I don't need to relate that story. It's too long, and it's not mine. Um, <laughs> the fact that so much of what goes on in the books that we write, in the stories we tell, involves movement means that I need to know something about how people are moving. Whether they're moving between planets or moving between rooms, I want to know what's involved. There's also, I mean, the old saying, geography is destiny. And so when you're creating your world, it can be really useful to know you know, national borders tend to run along natural features mm-hmm. like mountains or rivers or oceans, you know. And so I think knowing the environment that your your culture is in, knowing the resources they have, um, really informs the characters and the people. You know, if you're if you're this country, if your elves are from a landlocked nation, they're gonna be very different than, you know, your your port dwelling sea dwarves. Dwarves don't float very well, so that's probably a very <laughs> short-lived nation. But, um, you know, like, like there actually is a lot to be said for letting the map in some, some ways come first. I was uh, many, 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 many years ago, I'm talking like 15 or more, I went to Dragon Con and got to sit in a writing uh, talk by Tracy Hickman, and he was talking about the writing Bible he had just created for his new book. And he said he started with rolling the glaciers over the land. That's how he started with his map. Whoa. And that fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And it still fascinates me, only I don't know enough about <laughs> ge- geographic stuff and, and, and continental drift to follow those, con- those gr- glacial moves. We're writing the, uh, well, we've written the Planet Mercenary role-playing game. And one of the things that I wanted to come up with is... Uh, star system maps, and I realized that if the maps weren't all to the same scale, people would get upset, and if the maps, their scale didn't make sense internally, 
they'd get upset. And I looked at a map of our solar system, like, I, there's, there is no way to put all these things on one page and have it meaning. And then I found a map where someone had drawn our solar system on a logarithmic scale where one astronomical unit is one and 10 astronomical units is the next and then 100. And I looked at that and realized, oh my gosh, I can get from Earth to Pluto in one page, even though Pluto's not a planet, I can get there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I looked at that and I gave that to the guy who was doing the maps and he said, I, I'm not sure I can do that math. And then I handed him a, just a sheet of logarithmic graph paper and I said, does this help? Oh, oh, that makes perfect sense. And we ran it past some gamers and they were like, well, I, oh, oh, it's log base 10? Well, okay, I'm playing to the crowd. The gamers are like, oh, I love this. I love this so much. But aren't you trying to sell the game to the crowd? Yeah. So well done. Yeah, playing to the crowd is our job. You just job. need your logarithmic battle mat, right, for your miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, one of the, I kind of joked about it earlier, but I, I do think that, you know, F you, I just want a map in my book, is actually a really good reason sure. to put a map in your book. And James made this point earlier that, you know, there is an entire genre uh, uh, and, and it's fantasy in which, you know, what is your genre? It's books that have maps in the front. And I love those, you know? That's one of the first things I look for when I pick up a fantasy book is, does this have a map in the front? Because I love looking at the maps. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, I want to ask some more questions later, but right now we get to pause for the book of the week, uh, which is one of Maurice's. Tell us about it. Uh, The book is uh, The Voices of the Martyr, and... uh, uh, it's my first short story collection. Cool. And it's coming out uh, in about a month or so from uh, Rosarian Publishing, and so it's going to cover the span of a lot of my fantasy and some of my science fiction, some of my horror stories. So a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And when's that come out? Uh, ideally in about a month or so. so. Okay. A month or so, so from now, August. From, right. Meaning it'll be out September, in September. September of 2016. Oh, yes. no problem. We'll sit on this episode for years, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> This will only come out when it has to. So, <laughs> now I, I want to ask, and, and I'm going to I'm going to say something highly heretical here. Uh, one of the maps that I simultaneously love and hate at the same time is actually uh, Tolkien's map of Middle Earth, because Mordor has this really obnoxious right angle mountain range that I've always just thought was. Oh, that's just a guy who doesn't know what he's doing putting this stupid-looking mountain range in there because mortar is a square, apparently. Um, And, you know, maybe that's an entirely reasonable thing. But my question for you is, you know, when when an author who is, you know, a writer and not a cartographer sits down to sketch out their, you know, crappy little map, what are some things that we can do so that when it goes to an artist that it actually looks good? Hmm. Well, I can tell you, for me, I cheated. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's no, my that's rule of thumb for writing. Cheat Tell whenever you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so like I said, my, um, the steampunk novel I'm doing now takes place in Indianapolis. Uh, but it's turn of the century Indianapolis. 
So I went to the archives. We have archives here. And, mm-hmm. I, and I said, I need a map of what the city looked like, like when it was first founded. And they dug one up for me. That's awesome. And so, I, and so I saw the map. I could make my changes on there, the changes I needed for the story. After that, I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm a okay, genius. Going to a, place, <laughs> going to a place where a professional researcher can dig you up a map mm-hmm. is the opposite of cheating. <laughs> That's like actual research. <sighs> tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but that's, that, is, that is awesome. I, uh, in building some future cities, I would grab maps of New York and just look mm-hmm. at the patterns of things mm-hmm. and think, well, okay, I'll hatch things like that and see how it works. Yeah. Google Maps and Google Earth are incredible resources because you can zoom into whatever scale you need. Mm. Um, and you, know, you can also look at you know, historical maps and whatnot if you're writing something different. But even just getting a sense of how real cities evolve and how Different cities, like if you look at, um, you know, Salt Lake City, you know, a planned city versus um, Boston, an organic city, or more, even moreover, European cities. Like if you want a crazy fantasy city, go zoom in on the Vatican or someplace that's in Europe mm-hmm. where everything's been building on top of itself for thousands of years. Um, you can just zoom in and take parts of those things. And you probably don't want to copy it wholesale because then somebody will be like, why, you know, why is your novel in Athens? Like, you renamed this, but this is just Athens. <laughs> yeah. I live here. Um, but you can certainly take portions. If you mash up part of Athens and part of Rio de Janeiro, you know, squish those together, nobody's going to recognize that. I mean, unless you um, leave the Christmas Sure, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and then other things like, you know, hold your pen real tight while doing uh, coastlines and that shaky hand will make them look much more realistic oh, rather than okay. being smooth. Um, That's how they make them look good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then think about the geography. Make sure your rivers flow downhill. Start, you know, rivers should start in the mountains and flow together, not apart, except for deltas, which are dark magic. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, but in general, also water, sand. Yeah. Water flows together, right? Same like page. the number of the number of maps that we get uh, you know for Pathfinder from well-meaning, you know, writers who are like, <laughs> you know, draw it and it's like, oh, here's this, you know, this river. This river goes, you know, from this ocean up to these mountains and then down to this other ocean. And you know, like yeah. just even just a basic look at how things are put together on a real map can help a lot. I, I want to hit really quick, just again, one of the points you just made about look, making sure to look at maps of, of cities from different cultures. And the one that I immediately thought of, I used to live in Mexico. And mm. in Mexico, uh, they, you know, and a city is split into many different barrios. And each barrio has completely different plan. Like the blocks are a different size and the streets are a different width and mm-hmm. they're all set at a different angle. And so it looks like this, if you look at the entire city, it's this bizarre patchwork and then you get into each one, and it's it's a it's a very unique way of building a city as compared to what we're more accustomed to in the U.S. So look at the way different cultures build their cities as well. Let's talk about maps now that that are not about cities. Um, what are some of the other things that we can do to make a map, you know, of a countryside and a mountain range really stand out? We're all looking at Murr. Oh, that's a great that's idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to just keep I, shattering. You have the smart face on. Oh, is that what that... Oh, okay. Uh, well, the thing is, I have not written a book that needed a map of the countryside, but I think, uh, need, like like we've already said, knowing a basic knowledge of, of physics and how nature works, you'd think you wouldn't need to say that, but you probably do. Uh, 
And and really, why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> Maurice, <laughs> when, I, when we in flying here, flying here, looking out over the the Kansases or whatever. The <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what East it is. Kansas and West Kansas. <laughs> the, the, I love that the guy from, from Utah Missouri is Kansas. throwing shade at other the, states. The, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, well, literally, we were above. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, uh, there are there are fields that are grids. There are fields that are grids, uh, and there are fields that are round. And for the longest time, I looked at those, just could not make sense. Why is the field round? That seems like the least efficient. Po- if you get down on the ground, it's because there's this cool rotary sprinkler thing that will just roll around the field and do the irrigation, and that kind of thing where there's this simple piece of technology that was developed, I think, 50 or 60 years ago, uh, which is this rotating valve, uh, changed the shape of the way the fields look from above. Um, I don't have a book that, in, that, that uses this, but that kind of thing is crazy. Well, actually, I did think of yeah, something. Yeah, go for is, it. Is my, yeah, thank you, Maurice. Um, <laughs> the fact that I grew up in a very tiny town in the mountains of North Carolina. We had one stoplight. <clears throat> I have trouble in cities. It's embarrassing. Like the whole, everyone's like, New York's on a grid. The avenues go one way and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't get that. I get there's a light and you tell me where to go based on the stoplight. You tell me where to turn based on which field. And... Yes, I know it sounds very, very rural, but that's how it is. And the, the and the, the roads have to go up into the mountains and they have to go back and forth. And I think you need to understand that when it comes to small towns or mountainous climbing, that that if if you just go straight off the mountain, it's not gonna work. If you yeah. put a whole bunch of stoplights in a town of two thousand people, that's not gonna work. I- I think the number one thing to remember when you're mapping anything from a city to an entire continent is that people settle where they settle for a reason. And so there's always got to be something there. It's like, you know, you look at where your big cities are and they're at they're on sheltered coves, they're at river mouths because water is always hugely important, or that, you know, maybe they're in the middle of what seems like nowhere, but there's some resource there, be it oil or mining or whatever. You got to know what the draw is and why people decided to stop there instead of just keep moving. And then, you know, your cities and your civilization moves out from that point. Everybody wants to be the closest to whatever the good thing is that they got there. So your city probably, you know, is densest and oldest next to the port or, you know, at on that really defensible cliff overlooking the, the river or whatever, and then spreads out from there, uh, you know, more or less organically. I like asking the question, uh, what, you know, when they settled there, what's the thing that they found that the other folks didn't have? Mm. Because uh, once you know that they've got something that other people didn't have, they're going to start building roads between those two places. Yeah. And depending on the society, those roads may be contested. There may be bandits. There may be wars. There may be a really good reason for the road to go all the way around the mountain instead of through the yeah. through the valley. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to uh, put multiple bio, you know, ecosystems and bioregions, even to, regardless of the scale you've got. Like, you might say, oh, well, there are no... The Pacific Northwest is trees, but you don't want to just have one giant forest because that's not actually what it looks like. If you zoom in, no matter how far in you go, uh, there are prairies, there are little lakes, there are, you know, all sorts of things other than just trees. So anytime you're painting with a really broad brush, um, be aware that you're probably losing a lot of interesting detail for no reason. 
Can I just say that everything you guys just said is really good Settlers of Catan strategy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. This Welcome is to Gen Con. Dual yeah, service yeah. podcast. Right. Awesome. So, uh, we need to stop. We, uh, But we do have one last little bit that James is going to give us some homework to do. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'd say take uh, two of your favorite books and take a big idea from each of them, whether that's part of the setting or a character or whatever, and mash them up so that you get something new. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you to Murr and James and Maurice. We've loved having you on the show. And uh, everyone else, you are out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.